We believe that the increase of his government of peace shall see, shall have no end. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. We believe the Lord's not coming back for a defeated church, a tail tucked in the tail, uh, in the back of a, a scurrying church. You ever seen that scared dog running home with his little tail tucked in? Hello, somebody. We believe the Lord's coming back for a prevailing church. We believe that that Father said, and he meant it when he said it, sit here at my right hand until I put all of your enemies under your feet as a footstool. Last I checked, alcoholism is an enemy. Cancer is an enemy. Pornography is an enemy. Prostitution is an enemy. Addictive bondage is an enemy. Hatred is an enemy. Demons empower enemies. And he said, sit here until I put them all under your feet. How many of you remember that scripture? It's in Psalm 110. It's in Hebrews chapter 1. It's, it's three times in the word, three times in the word. Amen? So just to set the tone is that fact is I think we could be living in the most amazing period of time to live. So for us who are of the body of Christ, this is not a wring your hands, nervous Nelly, scared to death time. This is not a time where we're freaking out, wondering what we should do and if the whole world's going to go to hell in a handbasket. This is a time of great advancement, great excitement. God's up to something good. He's working in the midst of chaos. He's about to pull some Jehovah sneaky tricks. We're, we're, we're going to see so much redemptive work and so much, so much of darkness and corruption wrecked and exposed, torn down, defeated, that it's going to blow our mind. That's where we're headed. And that's the atmosphere that we want to carry everywhere we go. We want to carry an atmosphere that we're, we're entering into those reoccurring signs and wonders days and a reoccurring signs and wonders season wherein the enemy is going to be put to shame. I want to challenge you this week, uh, if you haven't done it lately, I want to challenge you this week, shortest book, just so simple and short, it's just so easy to read, but read all of Mark this week. How many of you would say right now, I will read all of Mark this week, the book of Mark. It is, it is like compacted dynamite with signs, wonders, and miracles. And I think we should read it and read it and reread it and read it. And it's so simple to read and it's so easy to read. But I think we should read it time and time again. And as you read the book of Mark this week, I want you to be saying all the way through it, this is me. This is me. This is me. This is me. This is my life. This is what I do. This is who I am. 
This is what God's doing with me, through me. And just claim it, claim it, claim it, claim it. Claim the signs and wonders of Yeshua all through the book of Mark for yourself. Three weeks ago, uh, when I had the privilege of being up here, uh, I said I was going to preach on the signs and wonders revival. We kind of, we kind of uh, went through one of the little passages where we just kind of breezed through it. Uh, but it says that, that many were lining up as this was reaching uh, its pinnacle uh, in those early days after the resurrection. And uh, the apostles and the disciples are turned loose on humanity. It says that many were lining up that they would just get into the shadow of Peter and be healed. How's your shadow doing? How's your shadow doing? How's your shadow doing? I think we ought to start just believing for this stuff. You read that stuff, say, yes, Lord, me. My shadow is energized with the very power of God. My shadow carries the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Don't just read it and then, like, whoa, wow, Peter, wow, Peter was amazing. Are you kidding me? You're amazing. But you've got to start seeing yourself as amazing. You've got to start partaking of amazing. You've got to start receiving that you're amazing. You've got to have that Galatians 3 moment. Do you think that the Holy Spirit is moving in your midst with signs and wonders because you're so holy, because you're fulfilling every jot and tittle of the law? No, it's because of faith. He's moving in your midst with signs and wonders because you believe, because you have entered in by faith, not, you've, not that you've come through the perfection of the law. Any faith person in the building this morning? Now, thank the Lord, faith people walk a pretty straight line. It's pretty cool. That's great. But it's your faith that is the most important thing. It's your faith that's the most important thing. Let's read this, Acts chapter 9. I love this because it kind of sets the tone uh, for how I believe God is going to wreck the globe one of the ways. One of the ways. There's other ways. There's prayer, there's dominion, there's voting. There's voting. Blessing, increase, strength, and grace to all who voted in this last election. The primary was important. Your vote is important to the glory of God. Hello, somebody. November is coming, and this is just one of the spokes. The Signs and Wonders Revival is one of the spokes. Voting is another spoke. Exercise your dominion with your mark. Acts chapter 9, 32. As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydium, or Lydum. And there he found a man named Ananias who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Now, most of us would walk away right there. Well, Dwayne would. Dwayne would have. Another Dwayne would have. Eight years, are you kidding me? Eight years. Eight minutes, let's pray for you. Let's, you, you, just, you just got paralyzed? 
Oh, God can do something with you. Come here, come here, come here. Let me lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. Eight years? I mean, God can't even move through eight years. I mean, this, this is a long period of time. Hello? Not for Peter. Not for Peter. Ananias, Peter says to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll out your mat. Now, you'll note here, I mean, I noted as I read, the ridiculous shortness of the prayer. Lord have mercy, he didn't quote 20 scriptures. This blows me away. He didn't talk himself into it. He didn't wax eloquent. Hello, somebody. This was the, I mean, the, the apostles, as with Jesus, modeled the most unreligious, unsanctimonious prayers on the planet. Ah, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm healed. Wow, I better obey that one. Are you, this is, the Bible just messes with theology, doesn't it? Wow. Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Notice the authority. I love that. Immediately, Ananias got up. And all those who lived in Lydda, Lydda, lit up, whatever it was, and Sharon, another burg right there, saw him and turned to the Lord. All of those who saw this, who heard about this, turned to the Lord. Wow, we, we should be, and I want you to be, sick, sick of dead religion, of religion, of Christianity that cannot produce miracles, signs, and wonders, that cannot really help people get a breakthrough. We should be sick of it. And I'm telling you, not only should we be packing signs and wonders to the unbelieving, as they did in this example, but we should be packing it to every cessationist we run into on the planet. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't believe I, I don't, I don't know if they'll, no, 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 watch this. God's going to raise you up. You know what cessationists is? Cessationists believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, that was all just to get the gospel out there. But after the last apostle died, it ceased. It ceased. It wasn't important anymore. Cessation. Of course, why, why in the world do we know St. Patrick, not for his beer, but for 33 people that he raised from the dead? for winning all of Ireland to the Lord. Why do we know that? He wasn't one of the last apostles. I don't, see, I don't think St. Patrick was, was there with the last apostle. That's why it's better to know him for his beer. Because it's too dangerous to know of the signs and wonders that he walked in, that he released. Hello. Now, it's not done. This is good. This, this, this goes on. Then in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. And she was always doing good and helping the poor. And about that time, she became sick and died. And her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lida, Lida, lit up, was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in, lit up, they, they sent two men to him and urged him, come on over to our town, get over here, to Joppa. 
So Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. And then Peter sent them all out of the room, and he got down on his knees and prayed. And turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. Another long-winded prayer. Boy, howdy. Going to wear yourself out over these. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. How many holy experimenters in the building today? Would you just start experiment two right there. Uh, would you just start experimenting with the Holy Spirit? Would you just start getting daring with the Holy Spirit? Would you just start believing that you should just speak over everything and anything that's messed up, fouled up, dead sideways, or needs a breakthrough? Would you just start doing that? Would you just start getting bold in the Lord and just start looking for God to partner with us for a Signs and Wonders revival? Why? Why, 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 why? America and the world has seen a religious people. They need to see a, a supernatural people. They've seen a religious people, but they need to see a supernatural people. They actually need to see a loving people, a people that are so loving. They don't, they don't just bring them roses when they're grieving. They actually bring them a healing when they're grieving. They actually bring them a breakthrough. They'd rather have a breakthrough than a rose. They'd rather have a breakthrough than another bouquet. They'd rather have a breakthrough than something uh, delivered by the florist. They'd rather have a real breakthrough than just more of your sympathy. Wow, you're a breakthrough carrier. You're a breakthrough carrier. He hollers, Tabitha, get up, and she opens her eyes. And seeing Peter, she sat up, and he took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. And then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Now, the, this is one spoke. It's just one spoke. Uh, the word also says they, they're actually going to believe because we love, because we have love one for another. Love is another spoke for the restoration that God wants to bring. But, it, but if we've got, if we're missing this spoke right here, we could be missing one of the most significant spokes to give somebody the revelation and the breakthrough they need for their hearts to turn to the Lord, for them to be opened up to receive the living God as their own Lord and Savior. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord, and Peter stayed in Joppa for some time. It opens the door for discipleship and evangelism and church growth and for the word to prevail. Amen? Science and Wonders Revival. Come on, say, yes, Lord. Say, yes, Lord. With Isaiah today, we say, yes, Lord. I want to give you a couple things, a couple thoughts. Number one is uh, to move into this more effectively. We need to yield to compassion. So right now, because of the climate, the spiritual climate, and the things we observe, the things we hear about, the things we read about, the things we acknowledge, the things happening in the news, the things wherein we perceive some are the enemies of the church, then we have to be careful because then we could get 
uh, 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 we could get kind of a negative spirit about us, like a judgmental spirit. So when we see those that are wounded, hurting, grieved, sorrowed, sick, destitute, in need, instead of us moving with compassion, we could move against compassion. We could withhold compassion. We could move with judgment instead, and that's not the spirit. Fact is, when they named Chaz and Shop, when they named it the summer of love, it was actually a prophetic word over you, over the church. This for you is the summer of love. This for you, for me, this for us, this is the summer of We're to be moving in love, not moving in judgment. And right now, the enemy is active in such a way to stir up a religious spirit in our midst and among us and in our own hearts where we're moving with judgment instead of moving with love. But we are called to let God be judge, and we're called to move with love. We're called to move with love. So we have to see people as those who are bound. We have to see people as those who are hurt, those without a shepherd, those who, those who need love. Time and time again, it tells us in the Gospels that Jesus moved with signs and wonders because he was moved with compassion. Matthew 9.35 When he saw the crowds, verse 36, he was moved with compassion because they were harassed and helpless and like sheep without a shepherd. And it's interesting. He said, the next verse, 37, and then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful. It's interesting. When he observed people harassed, harmed, oppressed, Then he also connected that to the harvest. But the connection to the harvest was directly related to a spirit of compassion that he carried that we have inherited. The harvest is connected to a spirit of compassion. Now, when you go into the prayer room, you go into the war room, you can beat the devil up and beat the devil up really good. And Psalm 149 says, this is the privilege of the saints. That we, that we would exercise judgment. But when we're dealing with one another, when we're in the community, the people around us are not your enemy. We don't war with flesh and blood no matter what it looks like. We war with principalities and powers. And we have a ministry of love, a ministry of healing, as if God were making his ministry of reconciliation known through us. So we're moved with compassion. Say, that's me. Say, that's me. Say, I subdue, I put to flight judgment, hatred, animosity, negative thoughts, bitterness against those who are in darkness, against those who are held, against those who are oppressed, against those who've been taken captive, I put to flight those negative feelings. I don't need to submit to those. I'm moved with compassion. I'm moved with compassion. I'm moved to get them free, to minister love to them. Number two, we convert conversations into opportunities. 
Convert conversations into opportunities. I think the Lord did this. I think Paul and Silas did this. Peter and John did this. I mean, there's just opportunity. There's example after example of converting. And I think this is the way we live because we are the anointed. Remember, Christian means anointed. Christian does not mean church attender. Christian means as he is, so also am I. I'm anointed. He was the anointed. Remember, Christ was not his last name. Christ was the title given him as the coming Messiah who did come, and the Christ always meant the anointed one. And now you bear his name. Isaiah spoke that there would come a day that we would bear a new name that those who would come to know him and would be redeemed by him would bear a new name. This is the name we bear, and it's the name we bear before even what we are known as by vocation, right? I'm not a carpenter Christian. I'm a Christian carpenter. I mean, this word identifies my sonship. It identifies who I belong to, but it also identifies I'm an anointed one, right? I'm an anointed one. And so this is what we do. We convert conversations into opportunities. Jesus shows up in a place that was uncomfortable for him to be in, in John chapter 4, in a spot with folks that weren't the most comfortable for him to be around. And then he converts a conversation about water into living water. And next thing you know, he's releasing a prophetic word over the daughter that is there at the well. And next thing you know, he's ministering prophetically and powerfully over those in such a way that the whole city comes out to find out what's going on with this guy at the well simply because he took a common conversation and converted it into a spiritual conversation. Jehovah Sneaky. Come on, that's you. You, too, are operating with that spirit, that ability, that grace, that anointing, that as you have conversations with people, you're digging deeper into that which is being said. You're looking for that which can be said. You're looking for an opportunity to bring life, to bring prophetic utterance and encouragement, right? The Word says, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that prophetic words, prophetic ministry is to bring edification, exhortation, consolation. This is what you do. You have a prophetic anointing on your life, church. Amen. Ephesians 5.14. This is why it's said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Convert, convert every, every conversation you can, convert it into something spiritual so you can find out if the ministry of Jesus can be applied to that person you're with. I know a bunch of you do this all the time already. We have outreach, but this is not something you do on outreach. This is something you live. Outreach is what you live. 
Outreach is what you live. If you want to practice more, come on outreach. But outreach is what you live. You want to practice more, get on the prayer team. But outreach is what you live. You want to practice more, go to Uganda with us. But outreach is what you live. Oh, boy, you're shouting now. Woo! 1 Corinthians 9.22, to those without the law, I become like one without the law. To win those without the law. To the weak, I become weak. And to win the weak, I have become all things to all men. That doesn't mean he becomes a sinner, by the way. To win the sinners. But I become all things to all men, but though, so that by all means possible, I might save some of them. I do this for the sake of the gospel, so that I might share in its blessings. So that I might share in its blessings. This is Paul talking about how I can adapt. Man, I can adapt to certain situations. Wow. We're talking about mechanics. Okay, let's talk about superchargers and two turbochargers and, and, and high compression motors. And, and then maybe I can talk about how, how I've got a supercharger in my life too. And maybe you didn't know this, but you can have a supercharger in your life. And, and, And next thing you know, you've moved that conversation from something natural into something spiritual, and, 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 and maybe you're able to then move into declaring something prophetic over that person. Number three, my third point today, don't seek permission. Don't seek permission. I, I find it best, and this is a little uh, holy experiment that I have endeavored to press into, and it's taken a lot of practice because I grew up in the church, so I grew up kind of in a more religious environment, and in the church, we're constantly seeking permission, but I have found that I've trained myself little by little to not seek permission with people, then I find I get more ministry accomplished, and it presses me into more dynamic situations. So I don't ask people, can I pray for you? For the most part, I don't ask people if I can pray for you. I just press into praying for you. And people feel kind of awkward, too. And I, I, also, I also have this green light, light theology. In other words, I believe God wants to do something for you, Christian or non-Christian, a sign and a wonderful miracle working ministry to you. I believe I've got a green light to do that because of the biblical precedent that I've received life so I can dispense life. This is John 20 and following. So I can, I can release over you even that your sins are forgiven because this is the authority the Lord's given me, and he's given it to you. Out of John 20, you'll find it there. And so, so we've got this green light theology. We're moving with green light theology. In other words, I'm going to move and press in and declare mercy and healing and restoration over you unless... The Lord gives me a red light. If the Lord gives me a red light, if all at once I hear from the Lord, not now for this person, or, or this is what I want, or stop, you know, stop that, or, you know, if there's some kind of a red light from the Holy Spirit, then I'll kind of adjust to what I'm hearing. But otherwise, uh, I've got a green light. He's telling me, go, go, go. This is the other thing, too, is that, uh, this is the other thing, too, is that, that, a lot of 
times, because of a spirit-led environment, we're thinking that we need a specific utterance or voice or goosebump from the Holy Spirit for us to do something in the Spirit. Otherwise, it won't work. And I want to just encourage you that uh, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, if you have if you have received that you are anointed of the Spirit, and if you have yielded to the baptism of the Spirit, and you're cooperating with and desire to be uh, used by the Holy Spirit in the gifts of the Spirit, then you have the green light. Stop waiting for a fresh word. You got that word. The only word you really need is a red light word. If you get a red light word, then you'll know what that red light word is, and it could be because the Holy Spirit's dealing with that person in a specific way. Otherwise, you have a green light. Get going. Lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Cast out devils. Did you, and you can cast out devils real easy. You don't have to say, devils go. You can just say, uh, I dismiss fear off of you right now. Fear, fear, you just leave my friend alone right now. Fear, leave my friend alone. Anxiety, you don't have any authority here. Leave my friend alone. It's gone. Boom. You can watch people get delivered with such simplicity. Don't use crazy antics. Don't get weird. Stay cool. Be chill. Wear ripped jeans. Get new shoes. Get a hairdo. Shave every other day. Do something. Put on more deodorant. I had to this morning. I had to get out of the car. And Mom said, go, go upstairs. <laughs> you might need that too. Stay cool. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I command you to come out of them. Yeah, I want to come to your church. Yeah, when I get delivered, I'll be right there. Not a chance. You can, you can minister to people with such simplicity, and I encourage you to do so. I encourage you to do so. Uh, here's some things you can say in not seeking permission. Uh, I find it best to say things like, uh, hey, let's pray over that right now. Or uh, repeat after me. Or give me, just give me your hand. Or, you know what? I'm going to lay a hand on you right now. Let me... This might be crazy, but I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder right now, and I'm just going to declare healing over you because God's showing you grace right now. Did you know that works? And people are like, oh, all right, cool. Wow, I'll, I'll receive that. I mean, I can't even think of the times that I've had resistance over ministering to someone when I didn't seek permission. You can say things like, uh, let me tell you what I see right now, or let me tell you what I believe, or Jesus wants to heal you right now. Or you can say things like, hey, I'm, I'm a Christian, and I, I'm, I could be the one your aunt told you about. I don't know. Uh, but I just believe that God loves you and wants to minister to you right now. I'm going to put a hand on you, and I'm just going to pray over you. A simple prayer, but you're going to feel the power of God right now. You can say that, and people will just, they'll just love that. 
They'll just accept that. They'll just, it's good. It's cool. Hello, are you in the building today? You're still here. You can say stuff like, Father loves you, and he's showing you compassion right now. You can say stuff like, wow, this is your day for a miracle, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release it over you right now. As a Christian, that's what I do. That's what I do. Uh, fourth, maybe, is this fourth? We're running out of time. Uh, work your faith. Work your faith. Work your faith. Don't beg Father. Dispense from Father. Work your faith. You'll notice that Jesus and the apostles, they never healed or ministered deliverance or walked or manifested signs and wonders in the common way that we attempt to today as the church. They never begged Father. Jesus never begged Father, nor did the apostles ever beg Father. They declared and they decreed it out of their position of sonship, out of their position of authority. When Jesus rose to the throne and he dispensed the Holy Spirit upon them, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, then they went forth as Jesus. They went forth as emissaries, as deputies, deputized of Jesus, doing exactly what he did and releasing it exactly as he released it. So when you minister to people, you're not begging Father, you're declaring from Father. You're actually declaring from heaven. You're not praying to heaven, you're praying out of heaven. You're not begging as servants, you're declaring as sons. There's a, there's a huge difference, so work your faith, work your faith, work your faith. Mark 1, 40, and a leper came to Jesus, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I'm willing, be cleansed. Notice the brevity of these prayers. But what we're not hearing, we're not hearing the inflection of power. We're not hearing the inflection of authority. We're not, we're, not, we're not there, but you have to catch it. You have to see it that Jesus is declaring these things out of the authority he possessed as the Son, and it's the same authority now given you as sons and daughters of the Most High. Father sees you just as he does Jesus. And when you act in that manner, then Jesus makes good on what you declare. Come on, say, that's me. Let's say, that's me. That's me. I have authority. I decree out of authority. I release power out of authority. I stand in the place of Jesus. Do you believe it? Put it to the test immediately. Don't do the religious thing of, well, I hope you get better. Now, uh, what was that? I hope you get better. Uh, give me a call in two weeks and let me know how you're doing. No, no, no. The best thing to do is to put it to test to immediately. Peter and John, Acts 3, they're going up to the temple in the time of prayer. Time in the afternoon, the man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going to the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John enter, he said, he asked them for money, and Peter looked straight at him, as did John. They're going to convert this opportunity. And Peter said, look at us. 
So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something. And then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. The most powerful thing you can do for them and for you as you begin to move forward in the holy experiment of signs and wonders is have them put it to a test immediately. And you can just say it to people, you know, we've, we've been learning this, right? We've been learning this. Uh, do what you couldn't do right now. Just do what you couldn't do right now. What, could, what couldn't you do? I couldn't bend over. All right, well, bend over right now. How you doing? I said, oh, wow. Oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm better. I'm better. How much better? Oh, I don't know. I'm like 80% better. Oh, oh, praise the Lord. I'm going to command the power of God over you again. You're going to be even more better. Amen? Number five or wherever we're at, lean into the gifts of the Spirit. You need to go read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We need to stand and bring the worship team back up. Lean into the gifts of the Spirit. You'll find this time and time again. Uh, the disciples are scattered in Acts chapter 8. Yeah, you can stand if you want to. Uh, those of you that are at home, you can stand or sit, whatever you want to do. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, uh, listen to Acts chapter 8, I love this. Those who had been scattered under persecution, everybody say persecution. Those who had been scattered under this persecution, they preached the word wherever they went. Wow, persecution came, and you know what? Pressure came on the believers, and what came out? When pressure came, the word came out. Oh, you put me under pressure? I'm just going to preach the word. I'm going to preach the word everywhere I go. So they go preaching the word. Philip goes to Samaria. Who was Philip? Well, he wasn't the last apostle. So what happened to cessationism? I thought all the gifts and the power and everything passed away with the last apostle. Isn't that what they teach in theology school? But Philip goes down to Samaria, and when he gets there, he's moving with signs and wonders, the gifts of the Spirit, all of Samaria comes to the Lord. Even the chief sorcerer comes to the Lord. There's a great move of the Spirit. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit subsequently. And God moves in a great way in Samaria. Ends up everywhere all across the auditorium. Those of you watching online, today's service was set up by the Holy Spirit. This last song, I'm Available. The passage... We read out of Isaiah, it's the setup of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. Say it with me, I am available. I am available. I am available. Take the cup. I know you came ready for communion. Those of you at home or watching, you have the elements there. Take the bread with me this morning. Say, Jesus. I recognize what you've done on my behalf to deliver me, to heal me, to set me free, and to call me unto yourself. I remember you in this bread, your broken body, the empowerment upon my life. In Jesus' name, take the bread. and take the cup.
Jesus, thank you. Come on, say it with me. Jesus, thank you for your spilled blood, for the cutting of a covenant with Father to bring me in, to do what for me I could have never done. I receive unity and oneness with you, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I receive that I am a Christian. This spilled blood of yours made me one with Father, made me one with the anointing. Christian means anointed one. This is what you've called me to be, and I accept it today. In Jesus' name, take the cup. God bless you, church. Let's worship as we go. Thank you for being with us today in person and online. If you're here in the building needing further ministry, some of our team will be available. If you're online needing ministry or you've given your life to the Lord, would you let us know? Just go into your chat window. Let us know. Send us a message. Let us know given your life to the Lord.